All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime colon Beast Hunters podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David, and are you ready to break the chain? That's right. Chain, chain, chain. Chain of command. Didn't didn't we do this episode already? Isn't this the one where like Rhinox has the big chain guns and No sure. Yeah. We we did this episode uh, already. Op- Optimus Primal gets abducted by that weird alien probe. Uh there's yeah. Stonehenge. I made a bunch of spinal tap jokes. <laughs> oh spinal tap jokes. Oh I need to watch that movie. A race of druids. Nobody knew who they were or where they were going. <laughs> Shit, is that on Netflix? Kind of mood to watch that. I, I, I've got it on DVD. I couldn't tell you. I oh, think it yeah. is actually. I think it is on American ah. Netflix. Anyway, yes, this is Chain of Command. Uh, first aired May twenty fourth, twenty thirteen, and uh, directed by podcast favorite Margaret Scott. Yay! Uh, written by you said. Directed. Oh, by. directed. Yes, no. It was written. It was directed by the ever popular Vinton Hyuk. Hyuk. I would say Hyuk. But, uh. I don't want to sound it like, I don't, does it sound like goofy laughing? <laughs> well, well, oh yeah, that would, that would be with a walk. I don't, Huck. Uh, I don't know. Names. Can we have pronunciation guides, please? I mean, I it, like, he needs to come to a convention like Margaret Scott did and yeah, tell everyone how to pronounce his name like Margaret Scott did. Yes. And, uh, this yeah. is sadly the last Transformers Prime episode that Margaret Scott wrote. Aww. Aww. But she will return in rescue, er, in both rescue bots and transforms robots in disguise. Yes. Yay. And also, it turns out an episode of Cyberverse. Also IDW comics. Also a bunch of IDW comics. Oh, yeah. Cyberverse. Oh, good IDW comics. There's gonna be a season two of Cyberverse one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. Where there's a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of guys who combined with other, with things. <laughs> out of scale thing <laughs> yes listen to our uh, our news podcast uh, David and I do Icon Underground Radio to listen to me just being extremely amused by Cheetor wearing a battleship oh. as armor <laughs> oh I, I did I did see a thing it was on Twitter or something where somebody had a theory as to, to that was a better explanation that it's not actually the arc it's the shuttle the the maximal steel for season three of Beast Wars. But it's, it's. That's probably still shaped. too big. Yeah, that's really. too big to it's wear just, his armor. It's, it's, well, remember, Optimus Prime is freaking huge and that joke is the maximum. Well, that's dynamic. true. So it's closer in scale. It's a small you shuttle. You can't just do that. <laughs> it's like, scale is, they just, it's like they're trying at this point. It's like they're intentionally laughing in the face <laughs> of scale. Well, yeah, w- when we have like, uh, Cheetor combining with an aircraft carrier. That, uh, <laughs> and, what? You know, cats known for their fondness for the ocean. <laughs> Just everything about it is wrong. Anyway. Anyway, so we open in the Arctic. Dun dun dun.
frozen in the ice is the Predacon. So, uh, so this is Skyfire, right? Um, we're gonna go, we're gonna go get Skyfire. <laughs> well, much like in that episode, everybody thought he was dead for like an episode, and then they just went to go get him. Yes, except they don't even go get him. No, he, he ke- just thaws himself out. Yeah, he gets w- himself. Way better than that lazy bastard Skyfire. Because, you know, he's got fire powers. He just, like, heats himself up and breaks out of the ice and flies back home. It's – I kind of want – I know, you know, we kind of know how he gets there. But I want to see, like, the Incredible Journey-esque uh, adventure that he has. Yes. You know, maybe There's- he ta- – you yeah, know, maybe past episode. you know he talks uh, with the voice of uh, you know Michael J. Fox, He's pounding around with Don Amici and Sally Field. There's a lot in <clears throat> this episode. Both I feel intentionally, honestly, I feel a lot of it is intentionally uh, just using a lot of canine imagery with with the Predacon. Uh, so I'm definitely in favor of this. Oh yeah, because once once he gets back, Starscream becomes the Predacon Whisperer. <laughs> yeah. No. He's like that, he's like that Caesar, what's his name guy. He tries, but no. Ooh, it's, I know. Oh, I like him thinking of Caesar Romero and it's not Caesar Romero. <laughs> he needs to go watch How to Train Your Dragon. I mean, and that it would be, oh, uh, let's see. Caesar Milan. Ah. Uh, is the yeah. dog whisperer. Oh. Anyway, so, uh, so guy. we're on the Nemesis and, uh, Starscream is all, oh, hey, because he is just constantly being a dick to Shockwave in any way he possibly can and constantly failing at it. Because jealous he's Shockwave is, so, or jealous Starscream is like good stuff. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you, you can't have your lab in here. Look how big that Predacon is. That's, that, that, uh, he'd be too big for the ship. And Shockwave's all, yes, I, I know. That's why I have a lab that's on Earth. And I've already set it up. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, and also there's something huge, gigantic on the hull. We should check that out logically. Yeah, <laughs> because he just, he has to say that things are logical just like constantly. Like it's in his contract. He just wants you to remember that he's very interested in logic. He's, he's like he's like a sitcom character who has to get his uh, catchphrase in every episode. Yes, he's this, like Kramer. Yeah, this is his A. Yes. Oh, yeah, the, this episode kind of actually is a bit more like a sitcom. <laughs> sort of, especially with, with like, all the jokes Starscream is throwing out just, like, fall off of Shockwave's back because he, he don't care. Oh, I mean, Starscream has become the George Costanza of Transformers Prime. Yeah, yeah, poor guy, but yeah. I mean, in fact, moving in with Me- with Megatron is kind of like him moving back in with his parents. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. And I, I guess that makes Megatron the, uh, oh, I can't, like the, the Jerry Stiller and, um, I guess Shockwave? Well, I don't want to say Knockout here. No. Well, the, yeah, no- Knockout's kind of the Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, Knockout is the Elaine. Yes. I'll allow it. Anyway, so it turns out the giant thing on the hull is the Predacon, and indeed they do have a superior homing instinct. Yes. So uh, Megatron's like, hey, Starscream, you know, train this Predacon. And they just (laughs) lock him out there with it. Yeah, they're they're like, oh, well, 
shockwave, this is your pet. And he's like, oh, it's only logical that the Predacon fall under military command now while I go make some more Predacons. Yep. So, uh, have fun with that, Starscream. And, uh, you would think that, like, maybe there would be some, like, I don't know if shockwave can tell it to obey Starscream, but he doesn't. He sure doesn't. <laughs> Just, they're just like, have fun. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, mean, ah, meanwhile, in Scotland. <laughs> oh, are we going to have to do accents for this whole episode? Uh, well, I am. I'm not sure I can hold it up. Ah, I am partially Scottish, Captain. This. I think I'm it, Scottish. I'm not really it sure. It doesn't Probably look particularly. It doesn't look any more like Scotland than any of the other random Energon mines they go into. It's kind of green-ish. It's a little greener, yeah. It's a, what's a, it's. There've been a lot more backgrounds recently that they kind of just had to come up with quickly, like the oil derricks last episode or oil rig things. Yeah, yeah. I mean that does make sense work. because those are usually like in the middle of the desert and such. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, like this is just. There's there's nothing especially Scottish about this actual, you know, location. Yeah, like the mine, the mine is probably something they used before. But the new textures, like last episode with Oral Derricks, there was the the muddy road that had like tire tracks everywhere. Lots yeah. of new textures there. Here it's all grassy fields where there could be Irish clovers and green things. And, and uh, that's the wrong. Yeah, Scotland is more like a grayish. Yeah, I was kind of expecting some like misty moors. Ooh. Yeah, maybe a, a baying it's... dog in the distance. Maybe, maybe some. Uh, maybe instead of the drum machine in the intro, they add uh, the bagpipes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, oh, Transformers songs covered by bagpipes. I'd be interested in that album. Oh. Yes. Well, I mean, it's not that, but if you watch uh, So I Married an Axe Murder, you do get to see Mike Myers cover Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy on the bagpipes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sadly, no. not on the actual no. soundtrack to that movie. Probably not. Probably a lot of... No, it was... Yeah. It was... I, I had that CD. Oh, wow. It was a lot of 90s alt-rock <laughs> stuff. Does it also include clips of uh, Mike Myers' slam poetry? Yes. Oh my god. Maybe yes. I have to get this now. Oh, I, no, maybe, no, I, no. I probably, I definitely kept the Angus soundtrack uh, when I purged my CD collection, but I feel like I might have gotten rid of that one. The 90s. A, 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 a time when you could make a movie in which the main character's primary occupation was slam poet. Yes. <laughs> and everybody was pretty much okay with it. Yeah, that was just, yes. But no, I, I definitely remember there being a track of him doing that. Uh, anyway, so they've, they've taken the ship there instead of a ground bridge. And uh, so everybody's piling out. Wheeljack runs ahead. And we immediately set up our dynamic of uh, Ultra Magnus not being willing to sanction Wheeljack's buffoonery. Wheeljack committing buffoonery. And Bulkhead <laughs> trying to make everybody friends. Now, yeah. okay, so, like, what could Ultra Magnus even do to Wheeljack? Like, what punishment could he even level against him? I mean, he could hit, he could hit him with that big hammer. 
I guess, but I feel like Optimus would not condone that. Uh, you, could, you could charge him under the Tyrest Accords. Yeah, I also feel like who is gonna... I mean, it's like the only thing he could really do is sentence him to a stern talking to by Optimus Prime. I mean, that is kind of Ultra Magnus's problem. Yeah, and okay, so that it, it really is kind of how how the episode plays out, is all he can basically do is just be unpleasant <laughs> until Wheeljack leaves. Listen, I, if you don't stop, I'm just going to Michael Ironside at you for the remainder of the episode. <laughs> Basically. But yeah, he doesn't have his... They don't have enough troops for him to be able to to have any real, like, ability to punish him. They don't really have a chain... They don't have a chain of command apart from Ultra Magnus deferring to Optimus Prime on things, so... Yeah. And, and you can't send him to the brig, then you've only got two guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is that they they don't have enough troops. Yeah. Anyway, so so he runs ahead. They they note that, of course, the records have noted before that guards never look up. <laughs> yeah. But then he does. Well, Which because I, he knocks oh, a bunch of uh he knocks a bunch of rocks off it like a big klutz. <laughs> yeah, well, Bulkhead yeah. knocks the rocks, which bounce off of Wheeljack, which go down, and it's the tinking on the Wheeljack's head. It's, it's, uh, although I do like that he actually does look up, which is the thing that, it always annoys me in movies, like, people don't look up, like, horror movies. It's like, <laughs> things hide in the rafters, have you never seen Alien? <laughs> maybe, maybe not, I mean, I have. Think in three dimensions. Uh, yeah, so, anyway, so... Wheeljack jumps down, and we get a decapitation cam, first person again. Yeah. The Viacon loses his head. It's the late night head cam. And so, yeah, there's there's a big acrobatic fight, and then continuing with our ongoing theme of Transformers not knowing they have stuff in them, <laughs> uh, Wheeljack disgorges Miko. Knew she was there. He had just forgotten. Yes. <laughs> and again, not only is this, I admittedly not a big pointy metal thing, but presumably a thing that is like moving around inside you. <laughs> yeah, and and the the presumably the chest space inside him is smaller than it was in Bulkhead, where Miko threw up. It, it's 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 like oh. if I had a tapeworm, but that tapeworm was the size of a hamster. She does call back to that because she says at least she didn't throw up on his floor mats. Yes. It does. It makes me wonder, like, did, did Transformers not have any internal sensors? Because Smokescreen had that giant metal dildo shoved up <laughs> him. And they, the Alpha Trions. Bulkhead and now Wheeljack have forgotten they have someone crawling around inside them. And then, so I, how, does, how do internals I, work? I really love the little flashback. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, Ultramag is all, what, what could possibly have compelled you to bring this girl along? Flashback. <laughs> Miko's all, hey, can I come with you? And Wheeljack's all, yeah. <laughs> End of flashback. <laughs> I, I love and that. she's literally yeah. like, hey, can I come with? And he's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all it took. <laughs> it's it's very clever. I just I really love that. Yeah. Yes. 
So meanwhile, back on the Predacon sh- or on the Decepticon ship, Starscream is not having much success with this, uh, this training mission because he's got a dinky little ener- like energy prod. That I, just sort of annoys the Predacon. He gets his crest set on fire. <laughs> yes. And then tries to put it out. Although, like, like you should be able to feel the burning up there. Do, do robots not have feelings? How how do they... Oh, it's, it's weird. No no pain receptors. I mean, I think we know they have I feelings. I mean, they seem bothered by it. But, yeah, maybe they don't feel every part of their extremities. Maybe. But that seems Maybe weird. Like he seems to, like be in pain when he's touching it with his fingers, but it's on his forehead. I uh, mean, maybe his fingers have like sensors, but like his forehead thing crest. doesn't. Maybe. I mean, I mean it's, it's good comedy. I'll give you that. But well, yes. it's just trying to think about the logistics of robot. Either that, or it heated up so it heated up so much that it actually shorted out the uh, sensors in it. Yeah, I mean it's. Damn, you're good at no prize. Not an important part. That's my no prize. And then he ends up pulling out the Apex armor and putting it on like one of those dog training suits. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was thinking like the anti-bear suit, but oh, from Project Grizzly. That yeah, it, it doesn't work. Well, it might have worked better, except for considering the scale of the giant Predacon dragon. It just picks yes. him up in his mouth and slams him back and forth like a chew toy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't prevent him from picking him up. Picks him up in his mouth and slams him back and forth like Loki. <laughs> yeah. Oh, puny jet. <laughs> yeah, I I did think when uh when the Predacon first showed up at the beginning of this, he, he was very like he was a good boy. He, he came back because he was a good boy, and now he is not being as much of a good boy, but he is still a little bit of a doggo. Yes. So anyway, we're back at the, uh, back at the cave. Uh, you know, Ultra Magnus is very upset and we, and Wheeljack is trying to explain that, you know, she is technically an official wrecker. Yep. They did yeah. make her a wrecker. I mean, as for as official as that is and as official as Bulkhead and Wheeljack just declaring it. And Magnus is already fine. <laughs> just bring her along. I guess. And we kind of get an, we kind of get an explanation as to what the whole record situation was. So, yeah. uh, so Bulkhead left the Wreckers to join up with Optimus Prime's team, and then Ultra Magnus was assigned to lead the Wreckers, and Wheeljack hated him so much that he just left. Yeah, because I mean, let's be honest. They're they're not going to get along. No, and they also know that Wheeljack or that Wheeljack sort of sees uh, Bulkhead leaving as sort of a betrayal. Yeah, which is not hurting the whole is he actually his boyfriend uh, <laughs> speculation here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I guess having like no real like recognized kind of romance stuff going on leaves you to be able to have that kind of deep friendship that is not sexual in nature but it's yeah he's it's his boyfriend left yeah and i mean there's nothing that contradicts it (laughs) no no there's not in fact literally Bulkhead did not contradict it when RC called him his boyfriend. Yes. 
So, no, there's nothing to contradict it. So anyway, the, uh, the Predacon gets here. They, they all flee through these tunnels. We get a quick Jurassic Park reference where we see, uh, the Predacon advancing in the rearview mirror. (laughs) Yes. And so eventually they get into like this big chamber and they're sort of stuck there. Mm. And it's, it's sort of one of those sort of chambers where it's like a big tube sort of where there, there is an opening at the top. And yeah, it's like a sinkhole area or something where shit collapsed in. Again, we're at a point here where it doesn't seem to really matter that this is taking place in Scotland. No, I don't know what the cave situation is there. Yeah, but if this was closer to the the coast, maybe because it could have been washed in. But it it seems weird inland. I don't think they have caves like that. Scotland, maybe they do. Unless it's an old mine. Anyway, so so Bulkhead is all, listen, Miko, it is too dangerous for you. You have to climb this insane sheer rock face and get to the top so you can signal the, uh, so you can get to the ship and signal for help. Which, is that really that much more safe? I mean, it kind of, I <sighs> felt like Magnus, the, the vibe I was getting from him was that this is one of those... I am going to give you this very safe but important job to go do so you, the child who has tagged along, are not down here in danger with the rest of us. Mm -hmm. But the climbing part does not seem very safe. But apparently it is because she has the climbing instincts of a capuchin monkey. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, she does get up there pretty damn fast. Well, edit-wise, it seems like she's just up there at the top immediately. She just went... (laughs) not really that surprising yeah so anyway she uh so she yes shockingly gets up there uh gets to the ship starscream and a couple of his aforementioned uh seeker armada that is kind of not really an armada it's a squadron have already made it there (laughs) it's a squadron two guys it's his boys it's his wingmen literally yeah, yes. and he's all, oh, yeah, look, look how much I, I, you know, I, I whipped this Predacon into shape. He's, he's my buddy now. <laughs> and uh, so one of these vehicles While is all, still, oh, hey, so. He's still wearing the armor. <laughs> yeah, he's still wearing that apex armor. And that one, and one of the vehicles is all, oh, yeah, so if, he, if, you're, if you and two are, are so tight, uh, why are you still wearing that like some kind of, you know, wuss? <laughs> Starscream is very, very easy. To use that kind of psychology on. And this guy isn't even trying to use that psychology on him. He just, I think, is just calling Starscream a wuss. Yeah. Possibly. It's it's hard to tell because we get so little of the Viacons. These are his hand-picked guys that have been redecoed kind of like him in dark grays with a little Mm. bit of red. Maybe they're just messing with him because they can. Because... They know they got reasonably safe jobs. They're, they're Starscream's best. They're not going to be chucked <laughs> off the ship by Megatron because they can actually fly for one. Yes. Just like, mm-hmm. Let's just mess with him today because it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, you figure, you know, you, you get you get a lot of like Top Gun kind of macho stuff. A lot of air biting. A lot of a lot of homoerotic volleyball. Yeah, yeah. it's the best oh, kind. Viacons playing volleyball. I want to see that now. Or or I guess homoerotic lobbing. <laughs> yeah. Playing, it's just a ball of junk. Playing with the boys. <laughs> with the boss. One of these days I'm gonna make you watch Top Gun, David. 
it's all extremely straight. Just very. I don't want to watch the new one. That's for sure. Oh man, super. Because it makes you have sense. to retire after a certain point. <laughs> they don't let I, you keep doing that. I did look that up, or or um, one of our friends who's in the military, like. Went on a thing like he could technically still be piloting things, but he really shouldn't. Yeah, that like, I'll, I'll, the navy, navy or the air force. He he was in the na- well. Uh, uh, he's in the he, uh, our friend uh, the YouTube's the salty seaman uh, was in the navy, yeah. and Top Gun is also about naval aviators. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because I I think it's like he should like th- there's there was like a test pilot who actually was going longer but only barely like he didn't fly that often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he wasn't as in as much action as tom cruise is supposedly in these movies yeah i mean well we're we are gonna find out because i for one am going to that movie uh... <laughs> oh, you'll find Listen, I, I, listen, it, it, it's, it's dumb, it's jingoistic, it basically goes for everything I stand against, but I really love Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a Transformers connection. It does? Um, in the, in the movie, Anthony Edwards gives his son a Starscream. Ooh. As a oh. gift. Okay, I, I guess. And, and then he, and then he dies. <laughs> well, I knew he died. You know what else? Like you know what other movie has uh, people getting Transformers toys in it? Is Flight of the Navigator? Ooh, that's one I have not seen in like thirty years. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, it same. doesn't hold up that <laughs> well. Uh, anyway, so this anyway this would almost work as like if Miko was somehow throwing her voice mm-hmm. to convince him to take this off. Although that doesn't appear to be her plan yet. But no. it, it, it is just, very convenient because he just takes this thing it, off, says that, oh, well, it's getting it's getting too hot in there. Yes. It's not yeah. because I feel challenged by your your words. It's because I feel like I don't want to wear it now. <laughs> so yeah. easy to manipulate. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so so we cut back to the uh, the cave. The, the Predacon has busted through. Ultra Magnus does manage to smack him a couple of times with his hammer, which does, like, it's not, it doesn't have any god power left, but it's still a huge-ass hammer, so it does knock him around a little. Yes. Yeah, uh, if, well, if I was a Monster Hunter player, I might have more to say about this fight. I, I only played it for a little bit, and, and no one has a musical instrument as a giant weapon, so, uh... <laughs> And then It's fun to beat uh, someone with a giant loot. <laughs> And Wheeljack almost successfully pulls off his grenade trick by almost throwing this into the Predacon's mouth, but then it just bats it away with its tail at the last minute, and it blows up Bulkhead and Magnus <laughs> instead. It was gonna be so cool. I kind of, I, I, sometimes Beast Wars got a little goofy for me, but I kind of almost wanted a wild take of some sort when this grenade landed well, next like- to Bulkhead. Yeah, there's no wild take, but Wheeljack does have a pained expression and says something like, oh crap. Well, not that, yeah. but something's like, ah, dang it. <laughs> and this causes a huge explosion. Yes. Yeah, which is what makes Starscream and his little wingman walk away from the ship that they've already captured and his magic armor device. It's like, lots of 
accidental convenience in this episode. It's it's this episode is more comedy, which I like. Yes. So the so the Viacon or the the Predacon busts out of the rubble. Uh it finds the the Predacon fossil, which is like a, a weird robot eyeball. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a weird robot eyeball. Yeah. It's, it's clearly an eyeball, but like eyeballs aren't bone preserved fossils. I what? mean it's it's either it's either an eyeball or a testicle. Well, that's a good point. Let's assume it's an eyeball. Um well the dinosaurs had like bones that were around the eye ridge area. Yeah, but this thing's like a sphere. Yeah, it it does seem weird that like so far we've had a skull, a jawbone or the top of a skull, a jawbone and an eyeball like we're slowly constructing one predacon out of all these parts <laughs> like we're hunting for the relics of Dracula in Dra- uh, Castlevania 2 or something. Like, shouldn't there be more bits from each dig? Like, did people pick them up? I, it, it's uh, weird, what, but it's kind of neat that it's an eyeball. What is man but a miserable pile of robot bones? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the wrong Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. um, oh, is it Symphony of the Night? Question mark. I know that was one of the much, I think that was the uh, first PlayStation one, maybe. Oh. Uh, that's literally the only thing I know about Castlevania. <laughs> well, it's pretty much the only thing worth knowing. Although the fact, I think they made, they remade that one or reported it or something and changed that line. It's like, oh. why? Ah. I just know line. there's a pretty, pretty, pretty boy. <laughs> also, I think a guy, if I, there's one of the bosses that's like a big pile of corpses. Ooh. Yeah. I uh, like it's that. A giant. Giant floating ball of corpses. Um, I think that may even be the same game. Oh yeah, it is Symphony of the Night. Dang. Anyway, so unfortunately, Starscream has now also noticed Miko, uh, and he remembers her name and everything. Oh, he's yeah, that was like neat. Miko, isn't it? So yeah. you know, he's not like you, my nemesis. Yes, you tiny child. Ah, <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, she is not to be so tiny for much longer because she gets to the apex armor and gets in it and it is terrifying yeah. i mean she just sort of lands on it but yes then it encloses her and i mean it what it is a little weird that it works for non-transformers I, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that is kind of odd it is a little it, odd that it recognizes them as life kind of and also it uh it it works whatever scale they are because it's obviously much smaller than her. Although it makes her almost transformer size. Yes. Yeah, it makes her. Well, I, I think it makes her about the size of like maybe Bumblebee or or no, I guess Arcee's smaller. Yeah, probably. And she's like kind of got RC weird height. proportions. She's got like yeah fat guy proportions. Well, she's she's got um the thing or the Incredible Hulk proportions, sort of. Yes. She becomes Hulkbuster Miko. It is yes. very Hulkbuster looking. Yes. And I'm, I, this is obviously not what the voice actors did, but I was just picturing that weird laugh Paul Rudd does in Captain America Civil War when he becomes gigant, giant man. Yes. And, uh, yeah, now this is, uh, this is terrifying. It's terrifying and wonderful just, her punking on Starscream and the Vehicons. Like, she's using, like, 
Street Fighter moves to take him down. Like, Although initially can- she just gets the Predacon sicked on her and it just kind of just holds her down and breathes fire on her. Oh, the- this is like the last thing. Oh, yeah, that I, does happen. I originally was thinking this is the last thing Miko needs, but this is the last thing the rest of the world needs. <laughs> because she already thought she was invincible, but now she actually is invincible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's, she already had so little regard for her own safety that <laughs> this is just, she's just, let off the hook as they say she is unleashed but anyway the the predacon has got her you know totally immobilized and presumably at some point it will i don't know like heat up the armor enough that she'll you know cook in there like a baked potato wrapped in tinfoil i don't know if it's thinking that hard well no oh yeah i forget i forget the order of events doesn't it doesn't it Hit her with fire. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of got her pinned down. But then Megatron's all, hey, Starscream, yeah. what, what's going on? What's taking so long? And, oh, right. Yeah, Megatron calls and then it's using yeah. her as yes. a two toy. Yeah, he's like, well, well, I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got the fossil and I blew up the wreckers and now the Predacon is taking on, uh, the, the human, one of the Autobots human allies. And Megatron is now wondering why it is taking the Predacon so long to finish off what is Either a small child or an overweight man. (laughs) (laughs) But instead he's all, yeah, listen, you take care of that yourself, bring back the Predacon and send it with the fossil. You can handle that, right, Starscream? And of course, Starscream (laughs) thinks, well, obviously I can handle that. So the, uh, the, the Predacon pieces out of there and it is up to Starscream and his Seeker Armada to take on Miko and it goes badly. (laughs) <laughs> so badly and and he is upset that the Predacon just heard Megatron saying over the comm to take the bone and come back to the base and it just does it yeah. and he's like you won't even listen to me <laughs> oh oh and at one, at one point he does say what do you know it does fetch yes. I guess when it comes shows up with the eyeball yes and uh, the, Miko also gets a sick burn in here Yes. Because he's oh, alone. Yes. Oh, what was yes. Even the strongest armor can't protect the weakest of creatures. And Miko's all, oh, well, it protected you, didn't it? And, <laughs> and oh, sick like, burn. I killed an Autobot one time. Yes, we know. And Miko's like, I killed an Insecticon, and I'm tiny. Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm, I can't vote, and I... <laughs> yes. I mean, not only because I'm not a citizen and a minor, I'm also a non-voting felon. <laughs> Probably. Don't ask. It's like, I am not even a matured member of my species. Yeah, and, and she's just clowning on him so hard. Oh, it's so great. Because Starscream is like still said, on that cliff jumper the- kick, and, and she has the ultimate one up with, oh yeah, I killed Hardshell. Oh, wonderful. This is the last thing the world needs <laughs> is for Miko to actually be able to back it up. <laughs> yeah. And so she basically drives the, uh, drives them away. Yes. Good job. Yeah, cause she's Undo. pounding on them when the Autobots crawl up out of the crater. It's like, oh, I guess she's got the situation handled. Still beating the shit up. <laughs> yeah, and, and Magnus is basically like, oh, I guess you guys were right that, you know, 
she can handle herself. Yes. Despite being very small and made of squishy meats. Yeah, I'm not sure if Magnus, like, knows the Apex Armor's deal, or does he just think all humans can do this now? (laughs) I mean, maybe. Maybe he thinks all humans are basically armor from (laughs) X-Men. So you're basically, like, reverse pretenders? That's interesting. (laughs) Yes. Because this also kind of has, like, pretender suit proportions. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of stock. Like, you know, the first year ones where they're all kind of like big beefy dudes in art, like with white guy heads poking out the top. (laughs) Yes. And for some reason, the Grimlock one looked like Ed Asner. Yes, it did. (laughs) A little Ed Asner and a little Greg Berger. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe they were going for Greg Berger, but they just ended up with Ed Asner. But then I, I don't think any of the, well, obviously the... Jazz doesn't look anything like Scatman Crothers because he's a honky. Yeah, that's that has always bothered me. (laughs) And I'm trying to remember. I don't. From what I remember of Roadhouse, Starscream doesn't really look like Chris Lotta either. Yeah. Why does the Grimlock look so much like Ed? (laughs) (laughs) Because much like uh, much like Lou Grant, Grimlock hates Spunk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so everybody, you know, pulls themselves out of this rubble and, you know, they're all patting Miko on the back and terrifyingly, I think they're going to let her keep this. <laughs> yes. I mean, if she's going to be just tagging along like this anyway, it's probably a good idea. Also, this is way cooler than any of those G1 exosuits. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Yes. Although I, and it, it's impervious. Although it can't transform by lying down, kind of. Yeah, well, it doesn't need to. It doesn't to. need to transform. It's fireproof. You could drop this thing in the lava and it'd be fine. <laughs> yes. Although I do have and to wonder about how, what? how much oxygen supply is inside it, since uh, robots don't need that. I mean, they must have, like, vents or something. You don't just, like, end up choking on your own exhaust. And also, maybe robots do breathe, because we've definitely seen guys get, like, grabbed by the neck and start choking. But we've also seen them in space. Yeah. Yes. It's confusing. Transformer anatomy. It's best anatomy. not to think too hard about. Maybe, you we know, when they go, go in space, into... they seal their vents or something. We won't go into... <laughs> we won't go into G1, which literally had humans just floating in space. And they were fine. Five Faces of Darkness was so bad. It was the 80s. Yeah. We didn't know. We didn't know about oxygen back then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did. I, I think we'd actually gone to space, like, by a couple decades at that point. I don't, yeah. did, did you see Superman 4? You don't need oxygen to breathe in space. Oh, that's true. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so at this point, uh, Wheeljack, much like George Costanza, just decides he's going to go out on a win and takes off. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. And this was a fun one. Yes. Yeah. Wheeljack, man, he's, though, what, what's he, his ship's still in the shop. Is he just gonna go hang around Scotland for a while? Yeah, he's just, I mean, just gonna wander the earth like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but yeah. how's he gonna get off Scotland? Fairies? He's, he's, got, he's stuck on an island. 
Yeah, you could take like a. F- oh wait, no. Uh, Scotland isn't an island. Scotland's in the UK. Well, yes, but that's that's. It's and then not you take the channel to yes, get to continental take the Europe. To get the continent, but no, and it, that gets you pretty much everywhere but North America. Okay. If, okay. Fine. If if like the United Kingdom, if that is not an island, what the fuck is it? It's not a continent. Well, I. I mean, I'm just saying Scotland isn't an island. No, but it's part of England, and the the, 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 the thing. Well, you Which know is an I mean. island. Yes. Yeah, but there is a tunnel. You can drive through it. All I'm saying is that there's plenty of things to do there. Yes. He can just stay there. Yeah, very scenic countrysides. And, you know, maybe if he built up enough speed, he could, like, drive through Siberia and, like, jump the Bering Strait <laughs> into Alaska. No. I I think he would really like to, uh, I think he would get really into the, the whole soccer hooligan thing. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think he would really like the, the football he, He'd probably somehow end up getting driven around by Jeremy Clarkson. Yes. Oh, well, he does have a lot of power, so, yeah. That's right. Yes. As long as Hamster doesn't get into him, then he would crash. there was one thing that that I noted earlier in the episode, is they do, uh, there's there's a mention of uh, a battle at Thunderhead Pass. Oh, yes. uh, Which was the point after which Bulkhead transferred from the Wreckers. And that that did ring a bell. I was like, wasn't that in the IDW record stuff? That was in the IDW record stuff. So that okay. that was a reference to previous records lore. <laughs> Neat. Uh, though the the Battle of Thunderhead Pass and the IDW one was as <laughs> as with the rest of the record stuff, as we previously mentioned, a lot more morally gray. What, was that the one with a lot of war crimes? Uh, I don't think that was the one with all of the war crimes, but that definitely had a lot of war crimes. <laughs> okay. I was mostly distracted because it was thundering when they were saying Thunderhead. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm going to lose my power. But I didn't, thankfully. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, the concept of Miko, Destroyer of Worlds, is pretty amusing. Yes. Yes. I get, I get the feel, I think this might be the episode where I really came back on the series. Like, I think I'd seen mm. smattering episodes from the end of season two, and I don't remember if I saw the beginning of this one, but I definitely remember this episode in their first watch. And it was good. <laughs> so yeah, good episode. Miko needs to not have that armor i feel like with this episode and and maybe even the previous episode too i feel like these shows like a lot of the shows that we've been doing by which i mean the other two shows that we did that got to a season three there's this point in season three where you've got your fairly stable group of writers or you have some new people who are extremely good writers, like DC Fontana showing mm-hmm. up in Beast Wars. And they just do these really good, but very character aware episodes with, with a lot of, like, that's the point where the whole thing really has the right momentum going. But unfortunately, right as the, the writing and the character work starts to really get in that groove, the series sort of runs out of financial steam. Yeah. Uh, so again, yeah, it's just where they, animated. It's, where they it's weird. 
animated was like that. Uh, like I said, there were, there were some very good writers brought on board with, uh, Beast Wars season three. And when it wasn't doing weird things like putting Cheetor through puberty, it was, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, uh Jen, so, I, yeah. you, you either have looked ahead to the next episode or you are psychic. <laughs> Because next week we'll be discussing plus one, the episode in which Greg Wiseman ships it. Yes, that, that is exactly the kind of thing that, that I mean is that, you know, you, you have the sort of, I guess, impetus with the, the editorial staff and all to, to get those good writers, even as the show itself is sort of winding down towards cancellation. Uh, so, Ed, like, look at the kind of people they had on G1 season three, and that was in G1. Mm, sure. And that's when you start having Paul Dini and Len Wayne show up. I and, think Jerry you know. Conway. Hmm. Yeah. So. I'm not sure there's... if Steve Gerber's in there. He was on, he was on G.I. Joe. I don't know if he did Transformers. I don't think he did Transformers. And, you know, that's when Marv Wolfman started really working on it. And I feel like that's, there's like this phenomenon of, of season three. And these definitely had those, that feel of, you know, being that, that level of writing that you don't get to until later in the season or in the series, but, mm. you know, which is kind of unfortunately tends to happen as the series is winding down. So that's just me having to find patterns in everything. And that is my pattern I have found. Hmm. Is that there's this season three phenomenon. Well, well, I'm not sure that mean, yeah. I'm not sure if that's relegated to just Transformers, because like think of like um Last Airbender season three was really good. Uh there's probably some other shows that yeah, got. Yeah, I mean it, it's probably were. not just Transformers. But it, yeah, it is a really common thing. Things that get to the third season. The third season's really good, and then it stops. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets canceled. Yeah. Womp womp. Ah, so uh, we'll be back next week when we bring along our plus one. But until then, uh, we are all over the internet. We have we are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, uh, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we also have our the news podcast David and I do called Icon Underground Radio. And we have our Patreon set up at patreon.com slash underground, And that helps us pay for our hosting expenses and, you know, the, the occasional lunch. Uh, and this month, for just a mere uh, dollar a month, you can get to listen to our entire back catalog, which this month includes Kimono Friends. It's time for some beast friends. That's right. They're they're beasts and they're hunting for something, but they're not really beast hunters. <laughs> no, they're, well, they're really just they're friends. Well, there 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 are beast hunters in the show. We just haven't gotten to that episode yet, but they are they're beasts who Ooh, hunt. Exciting. Although I forget, what did they call them? Do hunters? Do they kind. do they add a drum machine to the theme? No, no, no. Ah, okay. they should. Hmm. Also, can I just say how much I like the word beast? It's a cool word. <laughs> it, it's a good it's word. It's a good word. It, it's one of those, it's, it it's got has a good sound good to it. Good mouthfeel. Yes. <laughs> Which is surprising because like most of the other good mouthfeel words I can think of like usually have hard K or a G in them somewhere. But beast. Maybe it's the S-T at the end. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's a good word. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so next week we will, we will ready plus one for, uh, the, the episode. So would, would you until... prefer a plus ultra reference? I wouldn't get it. So no, you would not, not, not yet. <laughs> Maybe someday. Someday you will go plus ultra. Is, is that like going clear in Scientology? No, I don't. Well, I don't know what going clear uh, is, so I'm going to say no. No, no. Oh, I, no, I'm, so I'm thinking of going ultra, which is a thing they talk about on that Runaway show, where there's like a fake Marvel Scientology. Oh, ah, uh, oh. I need to watch that show. Good show. Should probably, they, but you know. good uh, catch up. Good dinosaur action on that show. I do like dinosaurs. Yeah, and I also do. all the teen actors are actually very good. good. I do. It's one of those things I'd want to see. And uh, that guy plays Spike is on it. Which Spike? Spike from Buffy? Um, from Buffy. Oh, who I always forget is not really British. Yeah, he's a surfer <laughs> dude. That always throws me off. What is he? One of the parents or something? He's one of the yeah. He's one of the parents. Okay. Ah. Yeah. No, he's not hanging out. He's not playing like a teenager. <laughs> Thankfully. Okay, good. I mean, even on Buffy, he was like an adult of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Nothing weird happened. Uh, okay, that got a squiggle. Yay. Mine is small squiggles, but I guess as I talk, it gets I get louder and it gets used to me. I don't know what the hell. Yeah. Whatever, I'll fix it in post. Who knows? It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm it's all fine. talking quiet to cats. Well, you, you didn't get to play. T- technically, I haven't played any Gundam yet today. Aww. Well, in another sense, actually, I have because I started playing at midnight last night, and or no, it was like at one o'clock, and I didn't actually get to sleep until six a.m. Yeah, almost six a.m. Yeah, well, could, the stage went way longer than I thought, and I and I took a couple breaks to stretch and things, and cats were being yeah, there. I know how that well, goes. not that weird, just regular cat stuff. The stage is taking longer than intended. Yeah, well, cause, uh, uh, well, because it's it's like Super Robot War, so it, it it's like multiple things, lots of strategy, moving shit around, mm-hmm. and then it threw an entire second armada of enemy ships at me, which wouldn't have been that bad, except they spawned where my capital ship was, while all my yeah. robots were at the other end of the map. Oh no! So, so I had like it was like um, were they nine were they... GMs. Were they in your base hmm? killing your dudes? They did, because <laughs> there was like nine nine GMs shooting at my ship because I, I was on the Zeon side in that stage, and, and that was bad. I managed to survive that, and then there were three capital ships there parked right next to mine, and started shooting at it. It's like, okay, they start. It started to take a lot of damage. It's like, okay, I could take maybe a few more hits, but it's almost over. That's when those in, those Federation ships started disgorging more GMs. Yeah. And they blew the shit out of my battleship. So that was a game over, so it, I had to go back to a previous. Thankfully, I was saving like every few turns. Uh-huh. 
So I went back and replayed that. I had to move things and reschedule. Uh, I managed to finally get it on, like, I guess the sixth try of various stages because uh-huh. it's thrown shit at me. This, and then this I, I fire screwed emblem up and didn't get has... some GM customs at the end. Ooh, gem customs. This fire emblem has been easier than I'm accustomed to. I'm definitely going oh. to have to play on hard next time I play through. Yeah, I've heard it's easier, but no, I'm I I am casual. I I do not like. I well, last night I had to do a hell of a lot of saves coming because they kept blowing up my battleship. Yeah. And this well, th- this game is harder than the recent Super Robot Wars is. Because mm-hmm. the recent Super Robot Wars have been ridiculously easy, according to like most people, and I. Well, the, the ones I remember playing like a decade ago, they were definitely harder. But I mean, mm-hmm. my memory is fuzzy. But th- this, well, admittedly, jumping to uh, Gundam 0083 instead of starting with like uh, the One Year War or one of the earlier things might not have been a good idea. But uh-huh. <laughs> damn it, I wanted to get one of my favorite characters sooner, and I did get her last night. Good. <laughs> Yay. So there's that. Anyway, uh, podcast. All right, let's let's have an episode. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to Dimitri's soul getting torn out and stomped on. Aww. So that's yeah, every, I, I, everybody I like everybody is Black Eagles, and they're like, oh, Adelgard, our waifu, and I'm like, I want to oh, yeah, see this handsome golden boy destroyed, uh, blue lions. Oh wait. Oh, you went you you went with the pretty boy who who turns dark. Yes. Yeah that 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 My seems favorite. to be the least popular. It seems to be the least popular choice, which is why it makes sense that it's your choice, Jen. Yes, I I <laughs> have like to every, be. Everybody's contrary. all Edelgard, the 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 girl who grows horns or whatever that or has a horn. I think it's just a help. Yeah, I think it's cosmetic. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like I'm getting it secondary because I'm thinking about maybe getting it, but I first I have to actually seriously think about getting a switch uh-huh. for reasons other than this game. Uh huh. Because like the, the only other the only other main reason I can think to get it is to get the latest Dragon Quest game, yeah, which already came out on the PS4, but it has a shitty MIDI soundtrack on the PS4. Uh-huh. Whereas it has an actual orchestra and lots of extra goodies on the Switch. I mean. Breath of the Wild is amazing, and I'm not usually yeah, like well, a hardcore Zelda person, but Breath of the Wild is amazing. I, I kind of, I the physics mechanics would probably entertain me because I haven't. I really thought about getting oh, what was the the one where you transform into a wolf, but I never actually did get that one. Uh, it was, I was on the Wii yeah. U, the I Zelda. Think. Yeah, the Zelda. I think that the was one on with, one uh, of the Midna, whatever the crap. <laughs> I think it was that called. was on one of the systems I didn't have. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was the one that came out like between the Wii and the Wii U, and it was actually on both at the same time. Or yeah. Anyway, I've never been. I my first Zelda was Zelda Two, and I couldn't get past the first dungeon. So we've had an uneasy agreement to not <laughs> play each other, other than um, Hyrule Warriors, which I did get, and that was kind of fun. Well, we had, uh... but I never finished it. Because I got to a tricky part. But it was further than the first damn castle. My One of my grandmothers had an NES at her place specifically for the grandchildren. 
uh, a few years before my family actually ended up getting one. Uh, and she had the first Legend of Zelda, uh, which was not the hardest game they had there. The hardest game they had there was the Batman movie tie-in game, which is extremely hard. Ooh. Yeah, tie-in games tend to not be good. <laughs> it was very good. It was just very difficult. Yeah, I, I used to play video games at my grandparents' house. I forget why... Because they lived next door, so it wasn't like it was a long trip. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, it would, no, it was in, was it in high school? Or was it before that? I don't know. At some point, like, I set up my PlayStation. Yeah, it was PlayStation or PlayStation. Yeah, it must have been PlayStation over there. And I would play over there every, so often, like every few days a week. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess just, just hang out with them before. Oh yeah, cause we, like on weekends we would usually have dinner over there. Mm-hmm. So that was probably why I played the games while waiting for dinner. Well, Breath of the Wild is very Because I, I remember one day setting up, um, oh, what was it, um, Breath of Fire? Yeah, Breath of Fire. Oh, yeah. I think. One, it, it was, it was either that or Wild Arms. Like, I think those one are of those pretty games, different. PlayStation games. No, but it was like one of those <laughs> PS1 games where, like, there was a, a specific item where if you used it, it would summon monsters. Mm-hmm. And there was a way to set up auto-attacking, so I parked a character in a re- relatively easy zone that gave good experience, mm-hmm. set the auto-fire on, had that item going, and turned the TV off while we had dinner. Yeah. I came back to, like, five levels later. I, uh, I kind of hacked Bravely Default like that. Uh, because being functionally a Final Fantasy game, uh, healing spells do damage against undead. Uh, so there was an area with lots of lots of zombies, and you could just make characters whatever class you wanted to. So I just made them all healers, <laughs> put it on <laughs> auto battle, and it was a pretty high level area. So and I'd just like heal everything to death, and it was it was a plus good good oh, level farming. I kind of miss cheesing games like that, but I really don't have that much time. Like I want to play the latest Dragon Quest game, kind of, mm-hmm. but also I don't have the time to sink into an RPG that I used to when I was much smaller, yeah. filled with energy. <laughs> Although yeah. admittedly, playing a Super Robot Wars and Gundam games. Kind of take about as long, but they're, they're broken up into like episode chunks instead of, well, where am I in the story now if I come back a few weeks later and can't remember what the fuck I was doing? Uh huh. So. Super Robot Wars, it's, it, in Gundam, at least it's like, oh, here's 50 stages. You finish a stage and then you take a break. You start over. That's what I always did. Just start over. <laughs> that's, that's why I no, still haven't the- finished Darkest Dungeon. Not the Skyrim effect, no. Ah, oh, yes, Skyrim. Uh, so yeah, I've been been playing Three Houses. Uh, I just got to the point where spoilers, Byleth's hair changes color. Uh, except I named mine Magna because I have a thing where I just name like the character in whatever thing, whatever game I'm playing after, like the main character, or at least a character in whatever writing project I'm doing so as to guilt myself into working on the writing project and, and not playing yeah, I, games I, so much. I, have, I haven't I have done that, because, well, partially because of the other thing that I need to really get back to writing. 
But it's like it doesn't fit. Well, with Super Robot Wars, the like main characters I don't think would fit at all. Although I did mm-hmm. add one of the side characters in because I just Velt Varan is just a name that's like stuck in my head as oh that's a fun name. That's that's a Gundam name. But uh... y- yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, I had to go with. I was reading like a little breakdown on Kotaku or something about like you know what to know about the game before you start it. Uh, and, you know, breaking down the three houses because they, you have to choose Detour. pretty early on. Uh, and yeah, it was like, oh, the Edelgard's house is probably the hardest because you don't have as much variety in your units. Uh, and Claude's is probably the but, easiest. Also, Claude is an adorable, charming oh. young fellow. Uh, and then Cla- Dimitri's. Uh, that's the yellow house? Yes. Yeah. And then Dimitri's is like, seems very lawful good and then takes a dark turn and i was like yes (laughs) no where's that i if i play i'll probably have the yellow house because like it seems to have more of the characters i kind of like to start with although supposedly it's easy to like get almost any character or easy like in the school years i wouldn't say it's easy but (laughs) it is a thing you can do well if if you like pick pick and focus on characters because there's sort of like two ways there's like just build up a friendship with them with it like do the tea time and all the little side things and give them roses or whatever the crap uh-huh. or there's specify into like whatever shit they like like oh they like you to be a wavern rider or something yeah like so it's a lot of there's like stats that they admire uh yeah i haven't gotten to I haven't recruited a lot of people. I recruited Dorothea, who oh. is like everybody's other waifu. Uh, uh that that's the singer yes. one. Yes. Uh, the the one oh, that there's well, she she seems nice. The second most porn of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> womp womp. I was thinking about like Petra looks cool. There was she's funny. There some other ones I can't remember it now. All right, so let's do an episode. <laughs> yeah, let's actually do it. This thing. is you mentioned outtakes, and I'm like, yes, let's talk about games and tack this to the end of an episode, and people can just keep hearing us talk about games.